Hello, I'm Emily Grace, and welcome to the Stages podcast of Bernstein Private Wealth Management. Life throws lots of stuff at you. We're here to talk about it. Having helped families prioritize what makes money meaningful for them and then invest for that purpose for close to 20 years now, I've seen people through many markets and many life events. And while every market is different, what remains constant is the need for guidance and advice through all the uncertainty. I feel lucky to be able to help people navigate these markets to be able to introduce them to some of the smartest investment minds and experts in other fields, whatever the stage in their life. If you or someone you know would like my advice or an introduction to my guest, you can reach me at emily.grace at bernstein.com. As an advisor to families, I'm often asked by parents how they should talk with their kids about money. So today, I've invited Andrea Bastiani Archibald, the Chief Girl and Family Engagement Officer for Girl Scouts USA, to join me on stage. Andrea is a PhD in developmental psychologist who oversees the Girl Scout Research Institute. Her interviews and insights have appeared on shows and in magazines such as The Today Show, Good Morning America, Fox News, CNN, and Parents. She also directs content and writes regularly for Raising Awesome Girls, a dedicated section for parents and families on Girl Scouts' website. I've asked Andrea to join us today to share her insights on how we, as parents, should be talking with our children about money. Andrea, thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) So excited. So when exactly is the best time to talk with kids about money? I I sound cliche saying it, but it's almost... You can almost never start too early, um, but they'll start. Kids will start grasping it probably around the preschool years. Um, you know, kids vary um, individually, but I would say three to five. You can start having real conversations with kids about money um, earlier than that, though. Um, you shouldn't refrain from talking about money around your children yeah. because they're picking up signs, they're listening, and you're letting them know that these are not taboo topics. You know, they're for family conversation. So it's not all in what you say, but often sort of just what you're doing? It, absolutely. Um, there are two primary forces in almost um, any topic related to parenting, and it's modeling as well as direct communication. And then there's some more subtle signs. But those are really great ways to influence your kids. So um, our kids are watching, even if yes. they're not always understanding. <laughs> for better and for worse. Yeah, that is absolutely true. <laughs> so what is the best way to broach the subject? Well, early on, I think when kids are um, preschool or even younger, um, if you're out shopping, you know, yes. talk about some of the choices you're making. Um, talk about um, how you're paying um, with cash or with credit cards. So often kids are only seeing um, money transacted officially with cards or even, you know, phones chips now. and phones today. And that's incredibly abstract. So to the extent, actually, that very young children can see um, cash and coins transacted, I think that's really helpful. Um, And then around the preschool age, um, I like to start talking about um, needs versus wants. Yes. And and those challenges, challenging choices that we all make, adults or children of any age. Um, And then you can also start with coin identification. Um, So the different coins, um, the dollar bills, um, things like this. So how do you think... Ricks, we're talking about showing them paper money and coins yeah. and all of that. Just it. to make it more tangible for them, literally, and so they can grasp um, financial concepts um, at that time and then later. And it's important for them up. to still get that, even if the world we're going to is I, paperless? I, I really think so. I think um, to the extent that you can make things um, much more hands-on and literal, yes. um, 
almost any topic becomes more clear um, to preschoolers and younger, for sure. Um, now, in, by kindergarten, children are picking up, and certainly some in preschool, you know, um, number concepts. Okay. That numbers are ordinal, that you can add things together. Now, our coins and our dollars really complicate that. They make no sense at all. <laughs> they make no sense at all. You've probably heard this before. You know, that a nickel at five cents is larger, you know, in yes. size and scale than, than a, a dime, dime right? It's, <laughs> it's wild. So it really becomes kind of a sorting and a, um, it can be a fun um game, you know, played at home, and you can put um, different coins or dollar bills um, in order. Okay. Um, you can teach kids um, to drop them into an old-fashioned piggy bank. I mean, at risk of sounding totally, you know, <laughs> traditional, it works. <laughs> yes. And so is it really just sort of almost doing it again and again and again? It is and again and again and again. Or... And then, um, again, it's easier to pay for your coffee yes. <laughs> by swiping um, your, you know, your chip. Or your um, showing your app, but if you have the three dollars, um, show them how even you count them out. Which it ask them to make change. <laughs> you need patience. Yes, you do need patience, <laughs> and not a long line behind you. Yes, you need to let everybody else go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, then, exactly. And then let your child... Lest you frustrate. <laughs> yeah. So. So what I'm hearing from you is that yeah. the age of the child does change the discussion. So do you have any specific advice around what pe- what parents should be doing with you know with their children you know at five or ten or so 15? then they can, they can grasp a little bit more um, and they do understand again um, some basics and perhaps even greater um, with respect to mathematics and they can perhaps see the cost of an item. Ask them when you're out on a shopping trip. If I have a ten, if I want to pay for this item with a ten dollar bill and it costs four fifty, you know how much change am I going to get back? Okay. Um, see if they can do some of that. It also keeps them, you know, kind of engaged and um, not complaining. <laughs> on the not shopping trying to trip. grab every item. Yeah, exactly. The... I think it's also incredibly important to reinforce again those needs and wants. You know. Um, or the compa- idea of comparison shopping, um, purchasing something that might be generic in a grocery store, for yes. example, um, compared to purchasing something um, that is a brand name that they might already know. Um, you know, flip flip the boxes of cereal around and show them that the ingredients might be the same, but that you're going to choose, maybe in this instance, the generic one, because you want to save a little money. The cost is so yeah. different, and would you start that at five? Or? I think I think you can, and I think most par- like parents will understand what their children are grasping and what they're becoming more engaged in um, by the way they're participating in the conversation or asking their own questions. And would that? So I'm assuming the needs versus wants continues forever. But <sighs> it really does, and there are <laughs> there are different ages when this becomes even more important. Consider the tween and teen years. Yes, when um, you know. Girls in particular are having um, a lot of products marketed to them. Girls and boys, but particularly um, girls. And um, is this really a need or is this a want? And do we want it because others have it? Or do we want it because we think we'll um, become something different if we do? Um, So another part of, I think, financial literacy conversations at home have to be um, you aren't about what you have. You're about who you are powerful message to get well i think so because well and i and i I want um girls particularly through my job to be incredibly financially empowered um you know savvy with respect to their spending and their saving and and their giving um but 
we have to also keep um, our eyes on what's truly important and what makes us um, us. It's amazing. We have an exercise that we do here with clients where we're, we call it sort of money messages. Yes. And the question That's we ask them is, how did your parents talk with you about money when you were a kid? And how does that shape your you relationship offer. with money today? You know, not even how you're talking to your kids, yeah, because that's just who, one, who you are but how and you, how you behave. Yeah, and I've had clients say, oh, we never talked about it. Yes. I've heard about money hidden, yes. literally hidden throughout the house and how that shaped how they think about their relationship with it at this point. And in it can time. be incredibly disempowering. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Now, we've talked a little bit about sort of different ages and how to think about it. What about the boy versus girl, right? And the idea that there is all this research saying that the way that we're messaging it today to our children can impact their relationship with money in adulthood and their earnings potential and all of that. We're, we're whole complex beings. We are a product of our upbringings, as yeah. you've shared through that great activity example. And I think we do um, still communicate differently to boys and girls about a variety of topics. Um, at least we're communicating more to girls, the research is showing. Um, we used to communicate only to boys, actually, wow. about money, um, if we were going to include our children in conversations at all. Um, now we're communicating to both. But again, it seems that um, boys are getting messages around investing and saving, and um, they're learning maybe about some stocks and things like that at home, where girls are getting messages more around household budgeting. Wow. So again, falling down, um, perhaps unconsciously around parents' own biases, um, but are falling down on gender lines. Um, we also know that allowances different differ at home. Um, we we did a segment on our own um, Facebook Live last year with Girl Scouts um, called the Pay Gap Starts at Home because we found that um, girls and boys were um, given very different um, chores at home to complete. Boys were getting, like, mow the lawn, take the trash out. Girls were getting set the table, do the dishes. Um, but then even when they were getting the exact same chore, um, girls were getting paid less on average. Paid less for the same And their male, male counterparts, yes. So here's, a, here's <laughs> an interesting, what do you think about paying for chores at all? So I am not a fan for paying uh, uh, in paying for chores. I do believe in allowance um, so that kids get some um, hands-on experience, um, spending money, saving money, et cetera, um, money that's in their own control. Um, but I think paying for chores is hard because um, – such efforts, number one, contribute to the households running, and yes. we're all on the same team, and I like that um, intention um, in the home. Um, but then also, you won't, sometimes you do just have to get the job done, and you won't always be reimbursed for it. Yes. Um, so that's that's also a challenge. Um, sometimes there might be a special um, chore or job at home that might come with a quote-unquote financial reward or something. Um, perhaps it's a big project on the weekend that no one wants to do. But that doesn't have to be a financial or a monetary reward. It could be something that the whole family also does together. Right, going out to dinner yes, or exactly. going to the amusement park exactly or right. some, some recognition yeah. of above and beyond. Yes. As opposed yeah. to you're part of this family and we all have. And we, and we all chip in. And um, you go to school, I go to work, and then we have different things that we do to support the household's um, effective functioning. <laughs> and how do, you, how do you think of introducing that allowance up front and how does it evolve from day one through you know, 
getting the first job out of college? So I, I generally recommend um, around age five or kindergarten giving some kids um, a weekly allowance or oh, it could be a monthly allowance. It depends on your family and, of course, your family's means. Um, it could, And it's also um, it's, it's an amount of money that is limited enough that it's not that it's not excessive, but it is also enough that they can learn from it. They can use it to save for something that is significant to okay. them. Um, so at five, it could be it could be five dollars a month. It could be a dollar or two a week. Um, that might not sound like much, but I also suggest um, giving kids their own um, agency over that money. Yes. Do they want to spend it? Do they want to save it for something bigger? Because what can I do with you know? or $3 or something, and it can be disappointing. And it's hard for parents and caregivers, but you've got to wait through that disappointment when they're at the store and they're close to buying something, but it was slightly more expensive than they thought. And they had saved up, you know, that $12 for how many months, and suddenly they still can't get it. And, you know, depending on age, they might, you know, be very upset. But I think it's a really important life lesson. It's the moment not to yeah. say, oh, here, I'll to give top in. it up. Yes, exactly. And, and young kids particularly also won't understand necessarily, well, I'll give you the extra dollar this time, but you've got to pay me back. That doesn't quite un- doesn't <laughs> make work. sense to them as yet, you know? And when do you suggest that, right, so we're suggesting at five kindergarten yeah. you start a sort of small allowance, but that you can build to something mm-hmm. worthwhile yes. by saving it. Is there an age at which you suggest that that allowance should really be covering all of their wants, right? Like the ice cream cone and the pizza. I think that's also the- going to vary by family. Um, you know, families should drive um, some of their guidelines and rules around their own values and their own means. And if, um, you know, ice cream or something like that is a sometime treat and um, it's kind of a push, but this you know, their particular child really wants it. It might be, well, we weren't going to get it today, but if you want it, it's out of your allowance. Okay. So really sort of thinking yeah. through each time. Yes. Yes. How it's going to Yeah, and then together. you can come down with some other things. I mean, after I, I remember distinctly after a certain age, and I think I was um, in high school, um, my, my parents you know, thought that I, I should start buying my own clothes and, you know, different things. And we really, we did actually lay out pretty clearly which things were kind of, um, the things that I would use my allowance or my um, job money for. I had a part-time job. And other things that they would just regularly provide. So back to school clothes or something like that, that might happen once a year. But other things, I was filling in. Right, but those new high tops. Yes, exactly. They were awesome. <laughs> those are out of your allowance. Yeah, exactly. And so, right, so when you have a, a child who's in high school mm-hmm. and you're thinking through how to set the allowance and how to do it and prepare them for college... And sometimes they have those part-time jobs, like I I did, as I was just mentioning. So what do they get to spend their um, earnings on? Right. What Or gifts, right? Bar mitzvah money or graduation money. How should parents help children not just get this big wad of cash and run to the store and buy... So there's a notion in developmental psychology called premature affluence, this idea that kids who have these um, part-time jobs actually think they can buy anything they want. Sometimes it's seen as a deterrent to going on to higher education because, you know, they they couldn't want for more. But actually they're not understanding that generally, um, you know, their rent is paid for, their meals are 
other items as well. Um, so we want kids to know um, and perhaps give them even some guidelines around their job earnings. How much are you going to put, put in the bank? College might be a few, few years out, but we're expecting actually that you'll contribute this amount. And maybe that's you know a portion of the tuition or maybe it's a portion of um, – you know, the other fees or textbooks or, um, you know, money. Or their for fun activities. Yes, their fun the activities for going out. Exactly. Because I think that at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is not just talking to kids about money for the sake of talking about it, but how do we prepare them for when we're not there? Exactly. I mean, that's our role as parents, caregivers, trusted adults. It's to raise them to be independent. And part of that is also ideally being financially independent. And so... When you start young, right, mm-hmm. and you really do it through sort of five-year-old, here are the coins, yes. look, yep. I'm paying cash, which it's so interesting. As somebody who encourages people to use credit, yes. right, because you can track yes. it, you can Which budget, is also great, can, but that, isn't no. that a great lesson, lesson for a high school student or a college student, right? So um, is that the age at which you suggest that, right, because they have all these apps where you can do electronic allowance and you know you can put it on a card for them to yes. use or on the phone for them to use but it sounds like you're suggesting at a younger age start with make, the cash and then make it more tangible is make there it a more point literal. where you switch over it, dep- it depends on your own child but i think <clears throat> with all of these new um digital advances right. it's it kind easy. of amazing it's it's so easy for parents too um <laughs> But the tracking is really nice. And so we hear a lot of bad, actually, about credit cards. Well, credit cards can be amazing, right? Yes. And, they, and now you can have your own family's rules around um, you should be tracking your spending monthly. We'll track it with you. Yes. Um, we are going to pay off 50%, but your credit card is only to be used for X, Y, and Z or in emergencies. Yes. Some families go for that. That it's to pay for gas. Yes, exactly. For, stranded on the side of the and, road. And what does your credit score mean? But isn't that when you the credit? Oh, the credit oh, score. You know the credit score. And, and I think a lot of parents and caregivers don't um, necessarily feel confident having those conversations because they aren't so financially literate themselves. Isn't there some crazy statistic out there about how most adults? It's the one topic where they won't say they're an expert. Is finances. They're, they're willing and, to say it. <laughs> they are. and But what happens is they're willing to say it. They don't always go for the help then for their kids. This is a great opportunity, actually, for parents, caregivers, whole families to learn alongside their children. Oh, that's um, interesting. So, I, so um, there, are, there are so many things that um, parents, caregivers think are taboo, but they feel like they have to be expert on. So if this is an area where parents think, uh, I'm not expert, but I know it's important. Let's right. go learn together. I don't together. understand credit scores. Let's, or... let, let's go learn together. That's fantastic. Now, what do you do when you were talking about shopping for the emergency, right? <laughs> or we'll pay half your credit card yeah. or yeah. whatever it is. What about when your child comes to you and says, but it was an emergency. I needed those shoes for the date I was going on. And I wouldn't Let's have talk had about the emergencies. <laughs> That's a different conversation, right? So is that back to the um, of Yeah, wants yeah. And you might have, you might say, all right, so I'm defining emergencies like this. Yeah. Because I and, might have pulled that once or yeah, twice. Exactly. <laughs> oh, who hasn't, right? Um, and so you can, you can smile, you can be empathetic, and then you can come in with, all right, love you, but when I talk about emergencies, I'm talking you're stranded. Yes. <laughs> you run out of gas or um, 
I don't know what's another financial emergency that a teen might have. Um, that, you have to get you have to get home safely, actually, from a party, um, and you're taking Uber. That's yes. no problem. Something like this. That I'm okay yeah. with. You're not getting I'm in okay. the car with yes. the person who's had a drink yeah. that night. There are two car or, examples, but I'm sure there are others. Right. Yeah. No, of course. <laughs> and what about when when you talk about learning alongside yes. your children? Right. Makes, makes parents and caregivers what, a little vulnerable too, right? <laughs> but what are some resources that parents can use and caregivers if they're saying, I don't know about credit scores or I don't know about debt or budgeting? There are numerous resources online, um, but you're not going to be surprised when I say if your daughter's enrolled in Girl Scouts, one of the greatest things you can do to support her experience is participate in the um, National Cookie Program yes. with her. Um, and don't do it for her because yeah. it's a financial literacy and entrepreneurship program, but instead learn alongside her. Um, we also have um, K-12 financial literacy badges. Oh, wow. um, we have heard, actually, that some of our parents, caregivers, and sometimes troop leaders are developing those financial skills uh, with the badge? girls. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Who doesn't want a nice badge? Who doesn't want one? <laughs> yeah. Of course. So... So then in one word, yes. what's the number one thing that a parent or caregiver should do when communicating with their children about money? One word. I'm going to take off the, word, the verb. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's about transparency. Um, it's about modeling. It's about not being perfect all the time, but talking about what you're doing early and often. Um, it's about showing cash transacted, like yes. we talked about. Um, it's about owning up to what you don't know and being willing to jump in and learn alongside your daughter, um, taking her with you <laughs> Yes. To, to show her um, the choices you're making, maybe for a car, um, being transparent when you go to the college visit. We were talking about college yes. visits earlier and saying, you know, I love this college too. Let's talk with financial aid. Right, and see. Uh, and see if we can afford this, you know. That's fair. Don't feel you have to have it all um, buttoned up parents i love when you say taking taking her with you yes because there was a great story i heard at an event where this young girl was pulling a suitcase in her house and her mother said oh are you running away and she turned to her mother and said no mom i'm going to a board meeting she may have been a, a, a girl scout <laughs> no now, now around transparency Right. Mm -hmm. I, I love the idea of being transparent, but a lot of my clients will ask and say, does that mean I'm supposed to sort of tell them how much money we have, that I'm supposed to tell them how much I earn, you know, what my paycheck is, what all our bills are? You know, it sounds like we're talking more about sort of letting them see what's happening. Let's but when do, you, when, when do you invite things? them into the whole picture? I like to say sooner the better. And I know that makes a lot of families uncomfortable. Um I want to help parents and caregivers see that with this transparency, with um, their daughter or son's um, eyes on the family budget, that they are empowering them to make those you know, difficult decisions that yes. they may have to someday. Um, and know that they can always come to them. <laughs> that they can always open that discussion yeah. and, and engage. Fantastic. Well, I have to say... It has been a true pleasure having you here today, Andrea. So much fun. <laughs> you know, Girl Scouts USA, you know, I can really see why you're officially the Girl Scouts Family Engagement Officer and Chief Girl. That's, <laughs> that stands for go-getter, innovator, risk-taker, 
and leader. Well, there's another girl in the room. Proud to be here with you. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you provided us with important information today, and information helps us to plan. The information contained here reflects the views of Alliance Bernstein LP or its affiliates and sources it believes are reliable as of the date of this podcast. Alliance Bernstein LP makes no representations or warranties concerning the accuracy of any data. There is no guarantee that any projection, forecast, or opinion in this material will be realized. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views expressed here may change at any time after the date of this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Alliance Bernstein LP does not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. It does not take an investor's personal investment objectives or financial situation into account. Investors should discuss their individual circumstances with appropriate professionals before making any decisions. This information should not be construed as sales or marketing material or an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any financial instrument, product, or service sponsored by Alliance Bernstein or its affiliates. The AB logo is a registered service mark of Alliance Bernstein, and Alliance Bernstein is a registered service mark used by permission of the owner, Alliance Bernstein LP, 2018 Alliance Bernstein LP.